0: Dispatchers are often faced with surprises. I've said on the show before that you never know what will happen next. The same can go for police officers. A simple call can turn into something devastating in a matter of seconds. Anyone in emergency services can have this happen. Just today, While I was at work, I was talking to someone at length about the legality of making a right turn at a traffic light, then the next call, someone was calling because his elderly wife was having a heart attack and fading fast. One call to the next can be an incredible swing. In this episode... I have a couple of incidents from right here in Nashville, along with something else extremely alarming. Try and imagine being in the dispatcher's chair during the ones on this episode. Might not be the easiest thing. Welcome back to Music City 911. The first incident I have occurred on Maple Street in the Madison area of Davidson County, which is the county Nashville is in. Madison is just a bit north of Nashville proper, and that area borders the county to the north. It's a pretty heavily populated area, and just like anywhere, something can pop up out of nowhere. Just this past Friday night, and actually it was very early on Saturday morning, our dispatch got a call about a man who was shot multiple times. I don't have a copy of that call to play, but when dispatchers sent that call to police, they responded and found a 32-year-old man shot several times in his extremities next to the Madison Family Restaurant, which is located there on Maple Street, less than a block off of Galton Road, which is the main road that runs north and south through Madison. The victim was transported to a hospital but was uncooperative with police officers and detectives. He wouldn't say what happened or who shot him. While police were there, they started collecting evidence. Bullet casings, interviewing witnesses, just looking around to try to find anything that was out of the ordinary, anything at all that could help the case. They used crime scene tape to rope off the area. A little over a half hour after police got to the scene and were processing the evidence, a man crossed over the crime scene tape and started walking towards the officers. Keep in mind, this is the middle of the night, around 2 a.m. A large area has been taped off. Then some random guy gets past the taped off area and walks into the crime scene. This is what happened after that. Who's that? Who's that?
1: Who's that? Hey, can you put your take your hands out your pockets for me? Hey, stop fired, we need more officers over here right now.
2: Code three.
1: Don't move! You me your hands. God damn it. 720, do you need me to take all those other officers? Yep. Shot's fired. Everybody's 10-4. I got fired at. 10-4, what is your 20?
0: As I was describing before that audio the man crossed over the police crime scene tape and started walking towards officers he didn't say a word officers had no clue who he was you heard there in the audio the officers asked the man to take his hands out of his pockets which is the correct thing to do in something like this they don't know who he is or what business he has being there there you have some ominous looking guy just casually but intently walking towards the officers in the darkness of the night after a shooting had happened. When he did take his hands out of his pockets, he had a gun in one of his hands. He points it in the direction of one of the officers and then starts firing. If you could tell in the audio, there was a single, more distant-sounding gunshot followed almost directly by multiple other gunshots. The suspect in this was the first one to pull the trigger. In total, three of the officers that were there on the scene ended up shooting the suspect, which stopped the threat. Very luckily, no police officers were harmed during this. The suspect, 26-year-old Sinquarius DeMonta Williams, died at the scene. It's still unknown if he had anything to do with the previous shooting, of the 32-year-old man. That's actually some pretty crazy stuff there. A police officer doesn't think that while they're collecting evidence at a crime scene that some unknown person would just walk up and start firing at him. Very unexpected. What else is also unexpected? Later that same day, my dispatch center started receiving calls about a man out in West Nashville on River Road Pike.
3: DEC, Dylan. Hey, is Dispatch? Yeah, what can I do for you? Hey, I was just trying to pass on some information to you guys. Okay. Uh, so we had a homeless man at Peter's Market, it's uh, 3505 River Road, um, who was causing some problems, and he left towards, um, heading towards y'all. So heading towards the County Line River Road Pike. Um, I'm not gonna be able to get anyone in the area before he crosses over, but since he was causing problems on our gotcha. side, I figured Did they say that. what he looked like? Uh, they did not. I believe it's gonna be a white male in a black hat. He's been just walking down <laughs> River Road today and last night, so. On foot. What's causing? I had someone calling on him earlier, yelling at cars and mm-hmm. our officer said that they dealt with him
0: yesterday and he did not want any help river road pike is also a road and close to a different county line cheatham county their dispatch center was the one that was calling us they called on one of our agency only lines and one of the supervisors answered that call and entered the info not too much there and tell you the truth something like this we seriously get multiple calls like it every single day A person at a convenience store causing various problems and usually refusing to leave. Sometimes these calls are about panhandlers asking customers for money. Sometimes they're drunk or high on something and causing further problems. This one, it was kind of unclear exactly what he was doing. Other than he was whipping up some sort of mess there at that market close to the county line on the Cheatham County side. He then started walking back towards Nashville. A few minutes later, we get another call on the same line from Cheatham's Dispatch. They were getting some more calls, still about the same guy. D.C.
2: Jim Hey, it's Jessica with Cheatham Dispatch. Hey. Hey, so, I'm sorry, I just called you guys about the man that's on the side of the road. Um, y'all, yeah. Somebody, okay. Just an update, he's still, um, at this, like, in the same area, but now he is throwing uh, limbs at cars in the road. We've had two calls about him. Um, One, he hit her car, and she just kept going because she's, like, terrified of it. Yeah. And the next one, the same thing. All right. uh, (laughs) No, it's okay. We'll we'll update it. 8243 is the address now. 8243? Yeah. All right, I'll update it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Now we start getting a little bit more clear of a picture of what this guy is doing. He went from a possibly run-of-the-mill type disorderly subject to now throwing tree limbs at and hitting cars with him. The Cheatham dispatcher mentioned one of the callers, the one whose car was hit, was female and obviously didn't want to stop because she was frightened. I can see why. Officers at this point hadn't been dispatched to that location. A disorderly subject call like this one, is more of a medium priority call. It's not necessarily a full-on life-threatening emergency, but still a priority. Officers were, at this point, handling other calls of the same or higher priority and hadn't been able to make it there immediately. While the call was waiting to be dispatched, we received a call from another passerby about the same guy. Metro Nashville
4: 911, what is the address of the emergency?
2: I'm on on River Road about a mile from Cumberland Heights and there's a man, I don't know if he has a stick, a gun, and he's like waving it out on the road. Okay. it's hard to tell because he's in the dark and we just drove past him.
4: Okay. Give me one second. Uh, Do you have like an intersection on River Road close to where you were at?
2: Um, I do not. It's in between... um, I don't even know that. I think it's Lake View Road and then um, Big Road. It's like maybe two minutes before you get to Cumberland Heights.
4: Okay. Did you just pass it or are you did you stop?
2: Um, yes, I just, passed, I just passed it. We didn't stop because, I mean, he looks like he's waving something. It looks like a gun, but, uh, and the people in front of us, I don't know. If, I have no idea. We just kept going because it's, but then there's people behind us too, so I don't, I have no idea what he's doing.
4: What did he look like?
2: Um, I could, it's hard to tell because it was so dark. You could just see he was waving something that looked like a gun. And it was right before that, what is that church called? Cub, I think it's, oh, it's right before you get to Cub Creek at the road. Sorry. Okay.
4: And what was your name?
2: It's okay. hard to tell. He's wearing, it looks like he's wearing a big jacket. Um, if I was deaf, he kind of was like an older man, do you think? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was really hard to tell because at first I thought it was a deer because the people in front of us put on their brakes, and I was like, oh, be careful, there's a deer. And then we got up there because I thought it was antlers, but it was actually him waving. It was really okay. kind of crazy.
4: Yeah, it looks like we got a couple other calls on this. I will go ahead and update the police and get him out that way for you, okay? Just continue driving safely on. Okay. All
2: right. Thank you so much.
4: All right. Bye. Thank you.
0: This caller says, either a stick or a gun. You can't really take a chance gambling if it was a gun or a stick, so from the dispatch end, you have to bump that disorderly person call up to a person with a weapon. Something like this is put to a higher priority and gets dispatched and the officers respond code three or emergency traffic with lights and sirens on to get there as quickly as they can. Even though Nashville is a bigger city population wise, we still have some more country areas. This is one of them. It's a two-lane road, and there are very few houses or businesses out that way. It takes a few minutes, even at emergency speed, to get out there. But even with that, officers were close enough that they made it to the scene around six minutes after they were dispatched. When police arrived, they encountered the man, 64-year-old Drandon John Brown, on the side of the road. To paint a picture of what he looks like, as I said before, he's 64 years old. He's got a long gray beard that's down past his chest, wearing a heavy work style coat, something like a Carhartt coat, and a dark sweatshirt underneath it. I have audio from both officers. I'll start with the piece from the officer that's closest to the suspect and finish up by circling around to the other officer. What are you doing, man?
1: I'm fucking i take them toll, toll down. I got more right to walk on these street. What are you I'm, doing? I'm drunk. Hey, let me tell you. I ain't got a drop of alcohol. In me. God's given me my life. I'm slowing him, some my bitches down tonight. You ain't legal for one night, sir. I know you breaking the law. What you need in my life. Right. I don't know how you live your life. Who you break, boy? God gave him my right. All right. Nice. You ain't taking me. N- no, I ain't taking nothing. You need it, boy. All right, so what's Listen going buddy, on tonight? I'm throwing these fucking down. Stand over here with me. Come okay. on. Walk with me. Walk with you? Yeah, walk with me. All right. I'm putting three boots you in these guys. Yours too. You got one night, buddy. Okay. Where are you going? I'm Come going, here. I'm walking with God. All right. I'm walking my life on this, or you got no business. You take right. me, or me, sir. Okay. You won't talk to me. Hold on, can okay. I talk to you? I know. Why not? Cause you got nothing to save to me. Why not? Cause you illegal. You ready? I bet. No, I take both punches, guy. You better sure. lie. I Put can't. Lie you.
0: As you could hear, the suspect was probably drunk or high on something, or possibly combined one of those with some mental health issues. It was hard understanding what he was saying, but they were right at the end, right before I cut off the audio. You could hear him say, I'll take both of you's life. I'll kill you both. Let's listen in on the other officer. He's going to say something at one point the number 54, which is our code for a weapon, just to give you a heads up as to what he means by that.
4: 10 right here. Beep.
0: 21 boy, we're gonna be out with it. It's gonna be on the
4: side
1: of the road. I'm told you tell them a bit of you in the sir. I know you breaking the law. What you need in my life? Ryan 54. Who you bake for? God give my life. Right. You ain't taking this. No, I ain't taking nothing. You need it, boy. So what's this going on tonight? I'm told these fucking down. Staying over here with me. Come on. Walk with me. Walk with yeah, you? Yeah, walk with me. All right. I'm putting a tree with me. Yeah, you too. You got... Me.
0: 21, hold the going? ear for a moment.
1: I'm, I'm walking with guy.
0: Where's the
4: choice? Hold the
1: ear. i walking my life from this side. You got no business. You ain't right. protecting me and showing me, sir. Okay. You
0: if you can walk. send
4: us another oh, unit.
1: God, I, I know. Why not? Because you got an to save me. Why not? Because so you need me. My right. I wish. No, I take no... Place. Sir. Put that down. Put that down. Taser, taser. Sir, sir, drop it! Drop it. Sir, drop the knife! Sir, drop the knife!
0: That officer pulled up to the scene, and while the other one was listening to the suspect, he noticed the suspect had a knife in his pocket. That's when he said 54. He closed the air, which is stopping all radio traffic, so if there was an emergency, they would be able to put it out without any delay. You could hear, after the suspect said, I'll kill you both, that he pulled the knife out and the officers ordered him to put it down. Both officers tried to use a taser on him, but neither of them made a good connection, likely because of the heavy coat that the suspect was wearing. At that point, he started running at the officer that we were listening to there, and they had to transition from the less lethal taser to their guns. The suspect was hit and fell to the ground. He died there at the scene. Both of these past two incidents just go to show you how quickly something can escalate and turn deadly. I'm glad no officers were hurt in either one of the interactions. Actress Katherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it go to badlandsranch.com/mc901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to badlandsranch.com/mc901 today. This next call I'll go over is an older call that came in November of 2007 just before 1 o'clock in the morning in Morristown, Tennessee. The audio was a mix of the 911 call along with some of the radio traffic. For the most part, you can tell what's going on, but the audio quality isn't stellar by any means. Just to give you a little heads up.
4: Morristown 911? I think need
5: an ambulance. I've got a teenager and he's turned purple in his face. I think he's choked out or something. I don't
4: know. How old is he? He's and you don't know what's wrong with him. What's wrong? Is he
5: there? Oh, I didn't mean, he's bad. I don't, I don't think
4: he's. Is he breathing? Is he
5: breathing?
4: I don't know. He's in purple. It's bad. It's 725 Timewood Circle. Okay, ma'am, calm down, calm
5: down, okay. Okay. Just
4: hang on here with me. Okay. Nine one one to Med 3 Priority Traffic, 725 Timewood Circle. They're
5: giving him mouth to mouth. Hold down here, okay?
4: Okay, stay down here,
5: please. Mouth to mouth. Hold down here, okay? Okay, stay down here, stay copy. We're going straight. Ma'am? Yeah. Does he have asthma or anything? What's wrong with him? Why is he not breathing? I don't, I don't know. How long, has, how long has it been that he's not been breathing? Do you know how to do the CPR? and he his nose closed and... can't your mouth up. Wait, let me turn to see off. I
0: can't hear anything.
3: Are. That's
4: going to
3: be the most important thing. Okay. Go ahead. Will you repeat that? My radio
4: is cutting out. You're responding priority traffic to 725 Pinewood Circle Cross Street to Bullard. It'll be in Brentwood. Run number 642 en route at 056.
5: Okay. He took it a little yeah. and pinched his nose. Yes, take a full full breath in and you should see his chest rise. Put a full breath in and you should see his chest rise. Does he have any medical problems? No. Hey, my breath go in. Did you see it go in? Yeah, so the person is... Yes. Okay, like yes, but take, get two full breaths. you get two full breaths? And then what? You gave him two full breaths. Did you get two breaths? I think you get more than two. Okay. Check it. Try to get a pulse. Check on his neck. If there's a pulse. There's no pulse now. No pulse. Okay, okay, kneel beside him. Don't get on top of him, but go beside him and put the heel of one hand on the center of his breastbone, put right between the nipples. on the center of his breastbone, but don't get on top of him. Yeah, and, and just kneel beside him. Okay. Put the, the, the heel of his hand. Put the heel of your the heel. Of your head. Uh-huh, and then take your other hand and put on top of that. Okay, he's done that. Okay, and then go ahead and uh, press down firmly. Press down? Rock. Okay. He'll be kind of rocking over him. Rest it. Rocking over him? Mm-hmm. And... It, whenever he go in, whenever he presses on it, it, he needs to go in a couple of inches. He may even feel some ribs breaking. But that's important to, to at least go in a couple of inches in order to stimulate his heart. At least a couple of inches. And give 30 test compressions. 30. But do what? 30 test compressions. 30 test compressions. He needs to count. Count Count them. Count them. thirty. He'll need to give him two more breaths. Hands on compressions. Two more breaths. And not fast breaths, just slow, deep breaths, in order to watch his chest okay, rise. Not fast breaths, slow and deep. And you'll continue that until the ambulance gets there. And okay. he's going to get tired, but he's got to keep on until the ambulance gets there. Okay, do it again until the ambulance comes. On doing the ambulance. He is doing too far. That's exactly what he needs to do. Okay, this, this the pulse is and strong now. Uh, what? Okay, he has a pulse? Yeah. Okay, don't do any more chest compressions. No more chest compressions. Okay, it, it, if he has a pulse. Yeah. Is he, he breathing? Is he feeling breathing? Okay, when he breathed into his mouth, did his chest rise? Or did don't feel him breathing. Not feel him breathing? No. Okay, go ahead and give him two more breaths. Ten more breaths? Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Two breaths. One. Can you see his chest rise? I know I can see his chest rise. Because you want to make sure it's going in, that there's not anything stuck in the back of his throat. Okay. I want to make sure the breath's going in there's nothing... Can he feel it going in? Did you feel the breath going down in him? Okay, if if he... If, have him go ahead and do the chest compressions if he's not breathing. Do the test compressions again if he's not breathing. He nice he nice okay, tell him not to talk. Just, just to hey, don't keep on. To yeah. yeah, yeah, just to keep on. Okay, just keep on doing what you guys are doing. Because he, you do he doesn't want to get more out. If this is this your all son? Foster son. Foster son. son. Uh huh. He doesn't do drugs, does he? Uh, not, not right now. He... Sorry, sorry. Oh, he three. So in two more. times. Yes, two more times. Okay, two, two. Breaths. two uh, just like what we would be breathing. Don't just do them fast. But, Don't. Yeah, breath. just normal breaths, like he would normally breathe. Normal breath. But deep enough to make you know to stimulate him. Okay. He's not cold, He's not cold. His fingers are turning purple. Oh, really? Okay. Well, he can keep on trying until they get there. At least you all know that you've done everything. You still the pulse? No pulse. Okay, continue to do the chest compressions after and two breaths. Let's take compressions again. Why's taking them so long? They're coming, I promise you, they're coming. Oh my God. Let me ask him. But have him continue. Keep going with what you do and start with chest compressions, pushing good and hard, like a couple inches down.
4: 900.
5: Where are they? They're in the 900 block, so they're getting close.
4: Okay.
5: What'd they say, Brian? I got it. Okay. All right. They're almost there. Just have him continue until they walk in the door. Okay. Go Keep, Keep going, guys. And you go open the door and be ready for him. Yeah, the door's open. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it, does he take any medicines at all? Nothing. I have him continue to do the two breaths versus 30 compressions. Give do the two breaths. Pinch his nose. I know it seems like it's been 30 minutes, but it's really not been that long. Oh, here it is. Here's the ambulance. Okay. All right. You're welcome. Okay. Bye.
0: Okay. It's not often that you get a teenager that stops breathing like that. Unless they have some sort of a pre-existing health condition, most of the time, the first thing that we go to in something like this is a possibility of choking. There wasn't anything said as to what actually happened there. Paramedics and police got to the scene and found the 16-year-old not breathing and unresponsive. They started CPR and then transported him to a hospital. While doing that, they started questioning everyone in the house about what happened and got a bit of a backstory to everything too. The 16-year-old, Jordan Caleb Shelton, had a bad roll of dice from the very start he was born with an umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and had to be resuscitated right at birth not sure past that but it could have led to some various learning disabilities he had at one point he was given an IQ test and only scored in the 70s very low he was a troubled youth in general smoked cigarettes did various drugs and was generally not the most orderly kid He ended up being placed in the Department of Children's Services custody and was moved into a foster home with foster parents who dealt with troubled teens. The foster parents, Ken and Lisa Taylor, had housed over 60 boys between 2001 and 2007. On the night of the 911 call, Jordan and another boy that were living there at the time got in trouble a couple times for different things. They snuck outside to smoke some cigarettes and were caught by Ken. He told them both to go to their rooms and turn their lights out. After he got in his room, Jordan decided to walk back downstairs to get some CDs to listen to and was again caught by Ken. Ken then took Jordan's CD player from him, and at that point, Jordan got extremely hostile. He started hitting Ken in the chest and tried to tackle him. Ken was a larger man. He was a weightlifter, 200 plus pounds. Jordan was a short kid at about five foot three, but was overweight, weighing at around 170 pounds. They fought for a bit, and then Ken got Jordan in a headlock. Ken says that he was going to keep him there until he calmed down, but his hold was more than just a restraint-type hold. It was much tighter. Jordan stopped moving, and once Ken let him go, he noticed that Jordan was purple and wasn't breathing. That's when they called 911. After paramedics got him to the local hospital, Jordan was diagnosed as being brain dead. He was taken off life support a couple days later. Ken ended up being arrested and charged with multiple counts. First degree murder, aggravated child abuse, voluntary manslaughter, and reckless aggravated assault. The jury came back with not guilty verdicts on the murder and child abuse charges but guilty on manslaughter and aggravated assault. During the sentencing, the judge said, bottom line is you killed a kid. You gotta go to jail. He was ultimately given a sentence of five years, but was out on bond during the appeal process and died of a heart attack. He never served any time. Overall, I think that was an unfortunate situation for everyone involved. That's gonna do it for this episode, but before I go... Since I played all Tennessee incidents on the show today, I'd like to share a couple Tennessee podcasts with you. Both are different than my show, but you just might like them. The first is called the Unseen Paranormal Podcast, hosted by my friend Eric. He goes over all things paranormal, a lot of which are from right here in Tennessee. Here, let's have a listen to his trailer for a show. Join us on the Unseen Paranormal Podcast. As we dive into the history, hauntings, and high strangers of the world, I am paranormal researcher and investigator, Eric Freeman Sims. I will be your guide as we chat each Wednesday with different authors, researchers, investigators, and more to try to better understand the paranormal. Listen to the Unseen Paranormal Podcast anywhere you get your music or podcast. And remember, some of the scariest things are unseen. And the next is from my buddy, Mike, from Sips, Suds, and Smokes. He and his co-host each week go over various beers, whiskeys, and other boozy drinks, as well as some smokes. Here's their trailer. Hey, it's good old boy Mike. This is good old boy Dave. From Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Sips, Suds, and Smokes covers wine, tea, coffee, distilled spirits, whiskey, scotch, beer, cigars.
1: People whose first name starts with Q. Bad fake
0: British accents.
1: And we always take time to make fun of the people of
0: Alabama band once again it's a one hour episode that's mildly entertaining for about 22 minutes i think mildly would be a vast improvement well we do have the only beer show with the holy man we talk about these products and rate them with our unique rating system like our suds 5 rating Do you really have something better to do with your life for an hour than actually listen to this show? What'll not make them think about it. Well, join us on this radio station, podcast network, or via our Android app. And finally, before I go my normal stuff, be sure to follow on all social media, all listed in the show notes. Head over to the website musiccity911.com to pick up a cool t-shirt or hoodie, or ship me a one-time donation in the buy me a beer section of the page. Be sure to give a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And also keep in mind that the True Crime Atlanta event is just around the corner, less than three weeks out, and there are still a few tickets available. I'll also have that link in the show notes. Come on down to Atlanta and hang out with me and some of my good podcast friends grab some drinks and hear some good topics and finally this show was hosted by brandon hall produced by brandon hall written by brandon hall edited by brandon hall and promotion and marketing done by brandon hall you get the idea i do everything for the show and it's always a lot of work if you want to help the show out, you can head over to Patreon and support the show there by becoming a member. Every little bit helps. By becoming a member, you get access to bonus content and ad-free episodes, along with some other bonus perks. Thank you all for listening, and until next time, for Music City 911, I'm Brandon, and y'all have a good one.